Welcome to your typical Shona protagonist. He's Kai. I'm Kells. And this week, oh Lord, it's golden time. First off, Kai, how you doing? Man, we are doing one of my favorite shoujos, so I'm doing great. Uh, but it's also a shoujo, so you know I am in the feels as one does. Oh my God, I this show is so messy. Just thinking about it right now is stressing me out. <laughs> no, I feel that. I feel that. I really do. Like, it's it's such a, like, particular shoujo anime that it just embodies everything, and that comes with a lot. Like, the drama, the, like, highs, the lows, the feeling for characters, like, the pain and struggle of a slice of life, like, the realness and that's one thing about Golden Time. It's like completely set in realistic terms. Like there's no, you know, mystical beasts. There's no turning into an animal when I'm touched. There's no, um, like over eccentricness. It's all pretty much something that you can find in a collegiate setting. And shout out to a shoujo being placed in a collegiate setting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean... My, yes, yeah, honestly, holy, <laughs> holy fuck. Um, everybody's legal, thank God. Uh, and we get to have an adventure not in high school. Yes, which now I love. My, my question here is, is this a shoujo or is this a slice of life? I mean, like, I feel like it's both. I feel like there's that teetering of the line uh, that we get with those things. Like, I feel... You know, it's like Fruits Baskets. It's Fruits Baskets a slice of life, or is Fruits Baskets a shoujo? Like, it's the number one shoujo, but it's also a slice of life, I feel. Um, but it's also a psychological thriller in everything else under the sun. So maybe that's a bad example. But, um... Well, I mean, maybe I, I guess maybe there's more than one tag for it, and that's okay. Yeah, because I, I guess it's not technically a slice of life. It's a comedy drama romance, a officially um so i guess that would put it as not a slice of life maybe yeah uh definitely not a slice of life but i mean it's absolutely a slice of life because this is life happening so you know it kind of is what it is uh but labels man labels are challenging they are one day we gotta like sit down and talk about labels yeah they're they're useful tools to understand um media you haven't experienced yet but they're not like the entirety of the experience so you know yeah also don't judge things only on the ratings sometimes you need to experience garbage but this is not that you know I'm I'm preaching here from the soapbox but uh, this is not that this is uh, 24 episodes of gripping stress inducing uh, college age drama yes it's this is a masterclass, honestly, in my opinion. Because we got all of it, man. We have relationship drama. We have like traumatic life experiences. We have like acceptance. We have cults. We have like real life moments. Like Golden Time is a whole like layered cake of just excellence, in my opinion. Um, but. I guess we should start with like an overview of what it is before we dive into like the different parts of everything. It's kind of really dissecting it. 
Yes, let's do that. So, um, Golden Time is a story that focuses on our main character, Bandari Tara, and his um, group of friends, Koko Kaga, uh, Miso, Misuo, Linda, um, Chianami, Oka, and Tutikun, also known as Sato. But our main character is definitely Bandari Tara. And due to a tragic accident, Tara is struck with amnesia, discovering the memories of his hometown, or dissolving the memories of his hometown and his past. However, he has some rehabilitation, and he decides to go to college. And when he goes to college on his first day, he ends up befriending Mitsuo, and he decides um, to move and to try and get into law school, which is another wild thing that this is a whole law school. So he moves from the country to Tokyo. But as he's beginning to adjust to college and everything, he comes across um, Coco, who is this girl who is smitten with his friend Mizrael. And I wouldn't use the word smitten. Obsessed. I would use the word yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's more apt. <laughs> yeah, she's obsessed with her guy Mizrael to the point where she believes that that's her husband and hits him with some roses in the first episode, and then hijinks just ensue. And then as time goes on, we realize that things aren't. As they tend to be, people aren't into who they tend to be into because things change. And things from Bondary's past come up and come back out, which kind of happen in such a thrilling way, which I feel like at some point you can even call this a thriller because holy crap. But yeah, so that is the overall like TDRL, TDL or whatever, um, rundown of what it is. But um, Bondary... T- TLDR, uh, Bonry, a college law student, lost his memory and goes through an adventure of what that's like uh, through the lenses of interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that is like really interesting because we see um, one big thing is like, I feel like we see how people are in the eyes of other people. We see that. You know, Coco isn't as crazy as Mitsuro makes her seem, or at least to, you know, Bondari. Um, Bondari isn't as helpless as some people see him as. And there's just, like, a whole bunch of different things going on. Like, it's very... I feel like one of the underground themes for this is perspective. Like, how we look at people and how people look at us. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Yeah. Um, But did you know something interesting about... Um, Golden Time. I didn't, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Yes. Um, Golden Time is created by the manga, a female, Yukuko Takamiya, which I've said it before. I feel like females write my favorite stuff. So whether that be shonen or whatever, but, um, Takamiya also wrote and created Toradora. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's something I didn't know until I was researching for this. Like, it makes sense, but I was like, wow, I never knew this, but now I do because their character there, designs are so different. Yeah, there is a fuck lot of Toradora, too. Yeah, like, uh, we only got, like, the first part of Toradora animated, I want to say, and I need to go back and kind of experience all of that. But she's two for two. I believe she's only... Well, yeah, uh, two for two, because she's created Toradora in this, and they're both very popular, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure... Okay, so she's done some other things, 
but I haven't heard of them. But the two yeah, that she did. It, it, it looks like she is a writer, and a lot of her stuff... Uh, so Golden Time was uh, directly adapted from a light novel yeah. series. Uh, but uh, Torador the manga and uh, you know Golden Time, uh, the manga as well. Uh, it looks like she's teaming up with actual mangaka artists. Yeah, but she's done the story the, for yeah both of them. Because yeah. Torador was a light novel as well before it was a manga. Yeah. So... Man, what a what a vibe, you know? Write the story and team up with an artist and get your stuff out there. That's what I might have to do since I can't freaking draw. Maybe I'll just make a badass story and um get that out and about. But also the director for Golden Time, this animation, was also a female Chikikai or Chikaki Kon, who directed the Golden Time anime, but also she has directed the Sailor Moon Eternal, the movies. So I still haven't watched those. Now I extra want to watch those since she's done that. Yo. Yeah, our our director, uh, Chiaki Kohn, has been putting in the work, man. She did some storyboarding and episode direction on Bleach in the early days. She's done Higurashi. Higurashi. She's done Holy Naruto. Like shit. Like yeah. she's been in there, man. Like while she was doing Golden Time, she was also doing some episodes of Precure, Doki Doki Precure. My lord! Oh my god! What like, an absolute goat! Yeah, I'm just waiting for Vampire's Night to show up somewhere. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the cast is definitely like immaculate. Like having done Toradora and Golden Time as the story, and then the director having done. Like, all the pretty Guardian internal movies, also Sailor Moon, aka, and, you know, worked on shows like Bleach and Naruto and also Higarashi. Like, all she's missing is One Piece. But, you know, then she would have done three of the big three, which is insane to even have worked on two out of three of the big three, I feel like. In their prime, too. It wasn't like, oh, she's just done this and that. Like, no, she's did, like, prime uh, Bleach as well. I mean, she's also putting in the work and, uh, you know, working on Boruto, too, in the early days. There was oh, some Lord. storyboarding. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, you know, no matter the, the quality of the talent you bring in, you really just can't save Boruto. Yeah, Boruto is just <laughs> for the streets. Uh, speaking of for the streets, man, um, our wonderful crew really brings these characters in such a compelling plot. And it's all revolving around the the relationships with each other. And oh my god, are they stressful and exaggerated, but so incredibly engaging. Yes, like, which character... Which character do you want to dive into first? Because there's just... There's a strong oh six cast, and I feel like they're all given a very expunged, you know, existence. All right. Uh, You know what? So we don't start with uh, Tata Banri. Uh, let's, I don't know. Let's start with uh, Chinami Oka. Okay. So Chinami Oka is a, she's one of the girls that Taban, uh, Tana, blah, 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 that Taban, Banari in <laughs> party meet in uh, the first, I believe the second episode. Um, we meet her in the second episode, I want to say. 
and she, uh sure yeah so we meet her around there and she's very fun outspoken outspoken and she's kind of just like a fun girl to be around but our boy misuru has a crush on her and yeah she doesn't know how to react to that so she kind of just like ends up turning down and shooting him down and then later ensues well, <laughs> yeah this uh, of course the the singular thing I'm going to say for all of these is it's a whole deal. <laughs> yeah. Right? So so yeah, we, we get this introduction to uh Chinami Oka and and she's like uh, a member of the uh like film and cinema club. She runs around this camera. Uh and you know, she has a bunch of friends because she's very personable, right? And so they invite everybody out as they, you know, begin to gather people for their clubs. And that's at the point when uh, Mitsuo, who is also being chased relentlessly by uh, Kaga, just is like, yo, I got feelings for Janami. I'm going to confess to her. And of course, uh, of course, uh, Kaga is like, you won't do it, bitch. And that's not the thing you say, because he's like, I'm not going to let her tell me how to live my life. So he confesses there in at the dinner place, you know? Yeah. And that's when he gets turned down, because she's like, yo, you can't just be confessing to me in the public and expect me to take you seriously. Like, we hanging out. We, we drinking, we having fun. The tea club's fucking demons in the other room that we ain't asking questions about. Word. <laughs> just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that whole event where she turns him down and that's like the ending of their like romantic interaction but the feelings aren't gone oh lord it's so stress inducing what the f <laughs> yeah that's there's just gonna be so much stress so much stress is gonna happen in this whole series and boy is it is it a lot um but yeah that's Oka, you know and she later even finds out when, uh, spoilers, when Mitsuri, a spoiler warning the whole time. If you have not watched Golden Time, <laughs> go watch it. What are you doing? And then come uh, back and listen to this podcast. Golden Time is absolutely fire, and we love it with our whole hearts. Well, I do. Bro, so. this, was, this was 24 episodes, and it did not lose me for a moment. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, But yeah, so our girl is um kind of picking a fight with Linda because... At some point in the story, Mitsuo kind of loses his feelings for... Mitsuo is probably my least favorite character, I'll be honest. But loses his feelings for Oka and then goes for Linda. And it's just a whole thing. Um, so Oka kind of picks a fight with Linda and gets mad at Baneri because he's friends with Linda. And this whole thing kind of happens. And she has to kind of understand herself when she's confronted by Linda being concerned for her opposed to Linda being aggravated with her and she's like oh i gotta realize what this is going and she's forced to take a hard look at herself yeah so yeah man <laughs> just just so tragic just fucking this, this this is watching these these kids learn the hard way and it's like i've been there i know better just just use your words just use your words god damn it but <laughs> Yeah. This is where you figure out that you have to do that. And it's it's just uh uh 
Speak, <laughs> speaking of using your words, let's move on to the next yeah. character. Okay. I I feel like we really only have one other character we can touch on before we get deep into the shit. So let's do that. Let's focus on the other, like, the, the real team player. The one that's really out there, not fooling around with these relationship dramas, just trying to have some motherfucking friends. It's Sato Takaya, a.k.a. 2D-kun. Yes, I love 2D-kun with my whole heart. Um, He's the MVP of the series, also known as Emo-kun. So, um, Sato is a freshman just like everybody else at this law school. He dislikes real girls and prefers 2D girls in his games and kind of... That's where he gets his nickname from, Tootie-kun. Um, he's very much so feeling of despair, and he's like a comic relief character, and he's like, oh, the real world is so daunting, and da-da-da. But after befriending, befriending Bondari and having the chance to like meet and talk to real women like Linda and Kokoro, his views kind of like skew, and he's like, you know, maybe the real world isn't so bad. And he attempts to make jokes, and everything lightens up, and he really shines through like the beach episode, and he is just an absolute goat for what he pulled off in the last part of the anime, man. Like, he's the reason we got a happy ending. And I don't care what anybody says. Like, sure, you brought the glass mirror. Sure, you gave him the shoes to run. But it was really 2D Coon. It's like, I kept getting these subliminal messages and emails. Um, but yeah, 2D Coon is the goat. And I feel like he does not get his enough flowers enough from people who watch uh golden time so make sure you give my man his flowers i mean he was there from day three though like honestly like that man was in the tea room because he got suckered like bonry and went sumo with them and now they're the best of friends yeah yeah and because because he didn't want to lose out on that he did whatever he could possibly do which was be a big fucking nerd uh, and and tried to help all of his friends like get to where they wanted to be. Yeah, Tudikun, the goat. He is by far, man, by far. So now we got to get into the characters who we can no longer uh, dance around in this love square, man. Love rectangle bullshit. <laughs> yes. So let's start with Mitsuo. I'm gonna let you tackle Mitsuo. Because, like I said, he's probably my least favorite character. All right. So, (laughs) maximum disrespect. So, uh, Mitsuo Yanagasawa. uh, Fuck it. We'll go with that. Uh, Yeah, Mitsuo is the childhood friend of Koko Kaga. And that follows him all the way to college. To the point where Coco is this heiress of these very important doctors, and they grew up together, so it's kind of assumed that he's going to wind up marrying Coco. But Mitsuo ain't having this shit. He hasn't been, you know, in that kind of state of mind since they were in elementary school. Coco's been tripping on some bullshit the entire way through grade school, and now that he's in college, he picked a different college to get away from her. Just to find out, on day number one, when they make it to the schoolhouse, she's pulling up in a taxi, throw, you know, bashing him in the face with a bouquet of flowers, and then, surprise, 
I went to college here too. And it's just like, uh, his character at the beginning is making friends with Tata Bonri and also running the fuck away from Koga. As that relationship kind of withers in, in Koko's obsession, Mitsuo really loses the chance to have a lot of personality, right? Uh, yeah. Because a lot of his time on screen is around Coco chasing after him, right? He has very little of himself that we see. That by the time we get to him trying to fool with other characters, after the first one turns him down uh, with uh, Chinami, uh, yeah. it's like, okay, well, cool. He's just here. And then by the time we find out he's chasing after another character, it's like, you know, I should care, but I just don't. Uh, but it everything's just so messy. Like, I already care about the other three characters in this rectangle. So somebody has to lose. So, yeah. It's because I can't root for him getting the girl that he really loses out in, in my mind. Yeah, and then he gets, like, angry at Bondery and, like, because he didn't tell him about Linda and his relationship. Like, which, I mean, I guess I could kind of see that. But that was just kind of, like, ho energy to me. Well, I mean, at the time, he also didn't know about, like, Bonri's whole vibe. Yeah. Right? So, so there was a level of mistrust kind of the entire time as they got to know each other and really, really saw things for what they were. But by the time, you know, like, Mitsuo saw the reality of Bonri freaking the fuck out, he was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is not any of my petty bullshit. This man's actually got problems that he needs friends for and you know i i was caught up in my feelings but now that i know the truth of it now that i know the reality you know though those feelings were bullshit yeah and i'm here to do what i can do for my friend yeah yeah and it's like part of me wonders if like oko only fell in love with mitsuko because he fell in love with someone else so i'm just like they both kind of for the streets a little bit kind of but not fully so i'm like okay i, I mean, guess i'll let it slide coco fell in love with mitsuo because oh not coco dream- oko oh uh, ch- uh yeah chinami yeah chinami um well i think she realized her feelings and kind of was you know because her whole vibe was shut it down in public and then if he really means it he'll come say it to me again but because they didn't, I don't know, communicate, you know, they never got past the initial shutdown of the party. Are you right? So sh- she got, you know, she realized that he had interest in her and she was like, oh, okay, I, I could vibe with this. But by the time that he had moved on to fool with somebody else, Chinami was like, oh shit, I actually have feelings. And because of miscommunication, I have to just live with these. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And it's because of this that my entire graduate degree is screaming, just fucking talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which, I mean, it wouldn't be the drama that it is if they just talked. I know. I know it wouldn't take us 24 episodes and all of this stress if they just, I don't know, hashed it out. But. (laughs) I mean, even Uh, if they did, like, I still feel like there would be 
at least a good level of interest because of the memory loss that um, Boneri is resurging into. Uh, so yeah, that that and, is a thing. That, that's a that's a whole other thing. So let's talk about Tata Bonri before we get into his two love interests. Yes. So um, so so yeah, tell me about Tata Bonri. Yeah, so Tata Bonri is a character. He's nineteen. He's I believe he's a year over everybody else because he lost a year due to the accident. He is the same age as Linda, but he is her junior because of the accident. He had a year off. Yeah, so he's a year older than his group of friends minus Linda. So, uh, yeah, he had an accident when he was graduating middle school where he got hit by a truck or a bus or fell off a bridge. No, he fell off a bridge yes. because some jackass on a scooter ran into him. Yes. Um. Which, I ain't gonna lie, I still feel, I know it wasn't Linda, but like, are we ever confirmed who it was? No. Like, I think well, it, it, I still think it could have been Linda. I, I still. It, well, uh, okay, so. Even though she ran uh, there, I don't know. And she said she was late. I think it was her. All right, so the there's a whole thing. Let's talk about this now, right? So, Tata Bonri falls off a bridge. What was he doing on the bridge? So he he graduated high school with Linda, and he confessed his feelings for her. And she was like, and, and he's all like, yo, Linda, I want to be with you, right? And Linda's like, I'm going to college in Tokyo. Like, what do you mean, be with me? And he's like, I want to be with you. So she's like, yo, give me a day. I'll get you my answer tomorrow. Meet me at the bridge. So it's tomorrow, and Tadabanri's on the bridge, Waiting for Linda. And out of nowhere, some asshole on a scooter just runs him off the bridge and he takes a traumatic brain injury that makes him, am, uh, I'm trying to get fancy with it. He makes an, an, an oh, fuck it. He gives him amnesia. He's an yeah. amnesiac. The question here is, who ran him off the bridge? Was it Linda or was it Linda's sister-in-law's lover who knows yes why do you think who it knows? was him a sister-in-law's lover i think it could have been linda because she's the only other person we see with a scooter true when when she's outside of the hospital like giving the bat signal to tata Bonri when he's recovering but i don't think it's actually linda i think it's it could be either some random asshole will never know and is insignificant to the story other than they ran over Tadabanri. Or it's the, the sister-in-law's lover because he, as, as they go to confront Linda's sister-in-law, or soon-to-be sister-in-law, he's the one that's staring out the window at both of them. Hmm. And it's like, who else would be motivated to harm Tadabanri? But... It never goes anywhere, at least with the anime. And maybe it's just a coincidence. Life is tragic and nothing means anything. So who knows? It could have just been random bypasser number A that tragically ran him over. It very well could have been. Sadly, it could have been. Um, that That's like the serial killer from I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, man. Yeah. It just gets us the rest of the plot. That's true. It's a red herring to distract us from um, what's actually going to happen because 
Lord. Yeah, the friend, the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, and the One Piece. <laughs> no, uh, definitely not. Yeah, the the fucking fairy tale. Um. All right. So that's Tata Bonri. Tata Bonri forgets his his whole thing, and he goes to school. And as he's going to school, he's like going through these relationship. He meets Linda again. That he had no idea who she was to begin with. But she helps him out and like saves him from like the the chaos of Club Rush. And then he finds a picture of them in one of his books. And then we go on that whole adventure of him figuring out their relationship. And we also have him forming a relationship with uh, Coco as she realizes that Mitsuo has moved on. And the reason that she feels this way is because... Uh, you know, it's her fairy tale and her, her fantasy, but she's not considering the way, uh, that Mitsuo actually feels about the relationship and yeah. she's growing, uh, as a person thanks to Tata Bonri. Cause he's the only one that's like, Hey, you know, it's not that bad, you know, whatever, but I'll still be your friend. And the, as we get into these two girls, we really get into the, the biggest heart-wrenching concern of the entire show he's got with his amnesia he's also got his former self right not only his memories but basically an entire personality that is beyond the boundaries of his consciousness who is trying to get back in control of the body that is tatabari and the challenge is if the old one comes back the new one ceases to exist which means everything that he's experienced up until this point that we have witnessed no longer is the case, which is the stressful part for the viewer, among other things. Yeah. But it's also like, which girl is he going to choose? How is this all going to shake out? What's going to happen? True, true. So, and that's when we get into the whole like dynamics of Figuring out things like when he regains parts of his consciousness and memory, parts of his memory, and starts to fill in the dot and see how much Linda actually meant to him at the same time while he's developing relationships with Coco. And it just gets so interesting and, like you said, messy because it's like, as the viewer, you're like, okay, I see redeeming qualities in both. Like, Coco has, like, literally changed and become a better person. With Bondry, while also Linda has this like care and concern about him. Um, which I just, for me, like when we saw that flashback scene of how like Linda was doing our boy in middle school and like just the Chad energy he had back then, like if you don't want to be in my life, then fine. Like you're not going to back mouth me to these girls and expect me to still be cool with you. That's what's not going to happen. So. I, really, uh, I mean, yeah, that's also a setup for the whole Linda can't confess your feelings and everything she says is the opposite, right? Yeah. Which is bullshit, just fucking... <laughs> anyway, uh, plot point. Yeah, relevant up until the end. Very important that you remember this. Um, But yeah, you know, that... Um, I did like that we get to see a lot of Linda and, and uh, Bonri's relationship... Because uh, they were, you know, they were the Mits, uh, Mitsuo and uh, Coco, except not crazy and, and filled with money. It was, you know, just two childhood friends. And, yeah, 
it was cool to see, especially now that the relationship is different, right? Linda knows he's been through some trouble. Linda feels bad because she was late to the bridge and couldn't confess how she felt or how this was going to go, whether it was going to be yes or no. It was probably going to be yes, because we find that out. But, um, you know, because she was late, she didn't get to, to hash it out. Yeah. <sighs> Which, you know, she goes through this whole thing. And, and when she winds up about halfway through the show, we have Mitsuo being like, yo, I kind of like Linda. Team, you got to help me out. You got to get me into the festival club. You got to, like, convince them I should film and make a video. Um just so I can get closer to Linda. Because he had taken her out to some you know, dinner a couple of times, but it was incredibly one-sided. Linda was like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing, like, having feelings for me? Me? Me of all people? What do you see in me? And it's just like, okay, Linda. Like, either, <laughs> ooh, either like Tata Bonri and get it over with, mm-hmm. or grow as a person and be like, I like him, I don't like him, but don't be self-conscious, goddammit. Like, Linda was definitely playing too many games for me. Like, But, like, she wasn't playing games, and that's the, that's the thing, oh, which yeah. is why it works. Like, she, Well, yeah. Yeah. So she wasn't playing games, but she was, like, she was just, I, I don't know. I felt like she let that guilt hold her back of a boundary. I feel personally, I felt like maybe she should have gone and approached him, but at the same time, I can understand. I can understand her not doing that um, because, you know, you know, we got to yeah. have our own people. <laughs> like, we got to have our own, like, sanity and stuff. So if she did that, that could cause more issues and more pain for her because we got to look up for ourselves as well. She might have accepted that she would never see Bondary again. And then the circumstances emerged, so I get that and I do understand it. Um, yeah, like who knew Bonry was coming to law school? You know, mm-hmm. not a damn person. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's like kind of what we get with Linda, and then moving on to Coco or Kokoro. Um, there's no row in there, just Coco, Kuko. Yeah, I'm about to say yeah, no, just just Coco. Yeah, Coco. It's it's Coco. Uh, all right, time to be a fucking weeaboo. All right. In English, it's K-O-U-K-O. The U is just because the first ko is extended with the Japanese U because that's how you elongate a syllable. It's not like an extra U. It's not like a syllable you go to a U sound for. It's just an extension of the first O. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Kuoko. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So, uh, Kuoko... <laughs> is Jamie fucking up? So Coco, <laughs> Coco is, in my opinion, the best and only choice for Bondry. Like I understand the whole Linda stuff, um, I do, and that made sense until we saw like the full level of Coco. I feel like Coco is the definition of someone with a lot of love in their heart, but doesn't know where to give it. And she was giving it to Misuro, who didn't appreciate it, but she was still trying because she's like, "Yo, I have this worth. I love this person." And then she experienced, like, it felt natural with Bondary. Like, their experiences of, like, you know, they escaped the cult together. They went and did all this other stuff. And, like, Bondary had a real moment with her when she was like, oh, I just want to be your friend. Like, I can't like you and everything. And she gave him, like, this mirror. And then, like, one night they got drunk. And um, Bondary's like, why are you doing this? 
and like she's not talking she's just using this fan to say yes or no and which is one of my favorite scenes in the anime and Bondry is like I can't just be your friend anymore like I can't just do that when you know I have feelings for you and she's like no and he's like what do you mean no like you expect me to just put up with you and everything all this and she's like yes and he was like no you lost that right when you rejected my proposal like not proposal to be married but you know confession when you yeah. rejected my confession yeah. and then she's like the flag with no again he's like getting this cab and everything and she's like he leaves he's like if you don't want the cab then i'll just go and then she like chases after him and she's like i like you and i was like yes yes it didn't take freaking 20 episodes to get here we are out here in like episode five i think it was i was like we really outside now and then we just see the relationship develop from there because they date pretty early on, which is what I say. I think more shoujos, I understand we got to have the drama and lead up to the big confession. But if we had more of these shows where they started dating at the beginning and we get to that like zenith of them, like, you know, just being together and functional, that's my jam. That is my jam. Anywho, so homegirl Coco. Um, kind of goes through these phases where she's like, you know, she wants to cook for him, but she can't cook. So she goes through this whole thing. Let's put on this blindfold. And then we have this part where she wants to be sexy for him. And then they have like a whole Bruh. awkward ordeal. So that doesn't end up happening. But like what really stuck to me was like the bleach, <laughs> the bleach episode. Wow. The beach episode. <laughs> <laughs> what really stuck with me was Uno Hana just going off. But the beach episode of um her wrecking the car in the rain, you know, because falling asleep and then the dad just slapping her. And then Shit. how she was like depressed and I had to deal with all that. And Bondry had to come like bring her out of it. I was like, yo, this because we're so used to seeing that like happy, energetic Coco. And then seeing that other side of like the somber, remorseful, I was like, "Yo, I am here for it." So, and as things progressed, and the whole it was, and then we got messy, as you say, when Bondry has his first kind of panic attack, and Coco doesn't really know what's going on, and he's like calling for Linda. So she's like, "Why is he calling for you?" And things kind of get explained, and that was really hard to watch because I'm just like, "Dang, like." Oh, my boy is down horrendous. I'm just, so this is, this is the hang up for me. Like, all right. I get that, you know, they are literally college age students, fresh out of high school, not knowing how to experience life. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting the level of commitment here that, you know, real trauma and, and physical harm uh, and, and challenges like this uh, are just something that you're going to be ready to deal with. But my hang up is that Coco's all, you know, I love you. I love you. I love you. It's so great. I love you forever. And then the going gets tough, right? Bonri's like tripping his shit because of his traumatic brain injury, right? It's not like he's a druggie. It's not like it's out of, you know, the decision that he made, it's out of his control. He flips a switch mid-festival and freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Goes running, not knowing anywhere, you know, not knowing where he is, just hoofing it. He remembers the only thing that he can really remember, and the person that he can really trust is Linda. 
So he hoofs it and he's screaming for Lynn. And Coco knows of this, right? Because she's seen the medication in his burnable trash, but she doesn't say anything. It's when he, you know, he has a psychotic break because his old personality's coming back. You know, she doesn't say anything. She's just like, oh, okay, well, I can't handle this. Cut that shit off real quick. You know, whatever, we're done. And Bonnery's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and everybody, like, blamed him for it. And I was like, yo, like, what? Well, everyone, you know, assumed that it was his fault, but not that it was his fault because he was, like, traumatic brain injury problems. Like, they just figured he had done something that didn't, you know, displeased her. Yeah. That, you know, because, you know, every, you know, the entire team doesn't see the entirety of the relationship, right? They only see them together when they're in a group. So when, when, uh, Coco rolls in is like, we're broken up. They're like, oh shit. But also like, oh, I'm somehow not surprised that Coco would just dip the fuck out. Yeah, no, that, uh, that was, that was again, whole energy right there. Cause I'm just like, and then you showed up and you're like, no, we can stay in the same thing. We can be friends. We can do that. I'm like, girl. And the fact that she didn't, she didn't clarify. She was like, all right, we're, we're breaking up and then greets him the next day. And it's, you know, like, nothing's different other than the fact that we ain't fucking still, you know? Yeah, and then the fact, who was it that went off on her? I think it was 2D Coon or Mitsuro. They kind of went off on her at the table. Um, Or was that Oko? Somebody went off on her at the table after that, and I forgot who it was. And I was like, yes. And then she was like, fine, if I can't sit here, I'll go somewhere else. I think it was Mitsuo. Yeah, it probably was Mitsuo. Like, that was a whole, that was a whole thing. The one time Mitsuo really comes in clutch. Yeah, the one time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like that. That's that's how that's the characters thus far. And then as we progress in the story, and Boundary actually is able to win uh, Kokoro back or Coco back, dang it, and explain to her like kind of how things work and everything and say that you know i'll love you as long as i can and all this and they kind of mend everything and and then we get to then we get to the real part where he the, the, yeah the real part we haven't been there yet yeah, so yeah so, let's get to the the real part <laughs> so we're all we're all in the real part um uh, shit. i think so i think it just happened um yeah, yeah. So, so he he has his mental break at like the public festival, and this is a big problem for the festival club, right? Because they stop dancing and they cause this kind of disruption. Like everybody that has agreements with them from the like festival space pulls their support, right? So with their their last final thing, which is like a, a school festival event, um. The club is fucked. Like, they don't have costumes they can borrow. They don't have music. Like, they're fucked. Yeah. And, and you know, Bonnery takes responsibility for it, and then the president takes responsibility, and this, that, and the other. And the other time that Mitsuo comes in clutch is because he's the one who took the footage along with, uh, with Tanami, um, to the other assorted organizations and explain it wasn't the fuck up didn't happen because they were bad and didn't care the fuck up happened because 
Tata Bonri has a traumatic brain injury and he needs to make a wish right now. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't help, you belong to the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's the one that brings them to the meeting and is like, Hey, I explained this to these, these folks and they came out in force so that we can have one final awesome, uh, event with Tata Bonri. And so they put it on and Tata Bonri dances this dance. Everybody's there. His mom comes from their hometown to watch him. And when he finishes this dance, his old memories take back over for good. Yeah. And then he kind of just leaves with his mom. He doesn't really like say bye to the old cast and everything. And it's, it's like just so I would be so pissed, man. Like I, I would be pissed. But I again, it's a term like you said, a traumatic brain injury. So he ends up going back. He's like, hey, I'm not sure what's going on, what's happening. And the mom's like, yeah, you can come home. So he does that. He goes home and then Linda's like, you know, I'm here for you. I I think it's like summertime or maybe a break because Linda's also at home. So I'm not sure. I think it's Christmas, okay. but I don't know. Like winter break. I, I know that Monterey takes a leave of absence from school. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm taking a break. I got stuff going on. Um, And then he's like, I'm probably never going back because he, he like before he had this lapse, he wrote himself notes about like everything he knew. And the one time a note isn't like super tragic. Yeah. Um, but he, he's reading these notes and he's like, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are or why it's relevant. But you know what? OK, great. Thanks. Awesome. Me. Old me. New old me. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of hanging out and he, he checks his email. Right. He sees that someone's sending emails to somebody who he recognizes from his notes as his ex-girlfriend under his name. He hasn't been doing it, which piqued my interest because I was like, what if new old Tata Bonri's coming back from like the subconscious? But that's not how it works. Yeah. It's not that cool yet. <laughs> um, it's actually the goat, Tootie Coon, putting in the legwork to save his friend's relationship. The goat, like I said, the absolute goat. Because he's like, what was the point of all these memories? And he called and he yelled at Coco as well, too. I love that. Like that little thing that you see in like the... Um, kind of, I don't know, PowerPoint-ish thing that happens when you see him also, like, yelling at her. <laughs> and he's like, um, just like, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Go visit him, X, Y, Z. And she goes with the mirror that plays a part in everything. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is a thing. And Oh, my God. And she gives him both the mirrors. So... So she she rolls up in this this podunk town and is like, yo, I've come to drop something off at Tata Bonner. I've come to re return a DVD. And Linda sees her at the door and is like, oh, fuck. But Bonnery's like, I know you from somewhere. You've got to be from my notes. You're not Coco, my ex-girlfriend. You've got to be Chinami. Yo, Chinami, what's good? And that was kind of funny, I yeah. suppose. But he, he gives, she gives him this package and it's got a DVD in it, which we later find out is a video that his friends made to like explain what he had been through while he was, you know, new Tata Bonri. Um, and she gives him the mirror as well. And we see throughout the series that his mirror is actually broken, but she, 
I think she gives him both, and he hands one back. And when he he looks at it again, I might be mis you know mistaken this, but he eventually looks back at the mirror and realizes that wait a minute, this mirror isn't mine because it's not broken because that doesn't have the writing on it. And that's when he he brain you know he brain blast remembers some shit. He at least remembers Coco and is like, oh shit, I've got to go chase her down. Yeah. So. And then we see he got the track shoes that Linda bought him back in high school. Oh, this man hoof it out of the house, and then Linda catches up with him to throw the fucking shoes, and then that's when he gets his power up. Like, <laughs> uh. yeah. yeah. What was your opinion of the shoes? Were you were you mad about it? Were you like, oh yeah, a callback to when she gave him the shoes to begin with? I wasn't really mad at it. I was just kind of like, okay. Okay, okay, I was kind of mad at it now I think about it, because I'm just like, was the shoes, I think the shoes were part of her confession, maybe? Like, she had got the shoes for him to confess? Well, no, no, I think we we see the, initially the shoes come from, like, when they're all getting together in the festival club, and um, I think Linda's like, yeah, they don't fit me, so yeah, Tata Bonnery, you can have them. So they're kind of like a, a passing gift, but they come back into play now because he's like, oh yeah, I remember, I'm a runner. And it's her way of throwing the shoes to him in like a show of support for him hoofing it back to Coco. That's that's how I really took all of this was was you know, cause this whole scene is an Evangelion blur at, at a certain point. Um because they make it to the bridge and he goes back into brain space time and then it's the whole thing with Linda running back in and like talking to old Tata Bonri and confessing. But then she also runs off and is like, the answer is yes, I got to go handle something. And that's presumably she's got to go talk to Mitsuo. But like, fuck it. We don't get to that far. Um, but then like Lynn is no longer there and it's Bonri and Coco. But like in real time space, not brain like TBI brain space. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole deal. man. And like we see the part of him disappear and all that. So it's like really dope as well. I, and disappear and not like him jumping off the bridge. Like disappear and like self-accept. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was really dope. Um, and I really loved the ending of like how he caught up to Coco and she was like, "If he, I said, if you come back to me, I'm not leaving like at all. And he's like, that's fine. And I'm pretty sure they end up getting engaged. Uh, at least that's what it says in the story that they end up engaged. So, yeah. I mean, I, I see that like, because he, he got the ring from his mom, and you know there was a whole thing of, when do I give it to her? And then they broke up, and then he freaked out. And then then she was like, you know, here's the deal. you know, uh, if, if you forget me, we're, we're done. But if you remember me, which is a promise, I'll never leave you. And then he vanishes for good until the ending. At the ending, that's when he whips out the ring and is like, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, and we see her wearing it when she's like asleep on his uh, thing, lap sofa whatever at the end so so yeah um what were your thoughts on the story overall like beginning to end like were you satisfied with who he ended up with early on i was rooting for linda because i did not like coco i'm still kind of sad that linda didn't work out but i'm not mad that coco grew enough throughout the show to really be a contender so I'm not mad that Coco is the one that wound up with, with Tata Bonri. 
No, I feel that. I feel oh. that. I was when I first watched it, I was team Linda as well. And I was very upset that like we didn't even get her feelings revealed until the very end when he's running I mean, towards Coco. We, I, I agree. I wish we had known that earlier. But it's one of those things that like we definitely knew the answer the entire time. We just had to hear it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And that's one of those things that adds to the messiness of the entire thing, because we know how she feels, right? But the drama comes from her not owning this. And if she owned it, it would get even messier. So it's like, I understand kind of why, but it's not helping everything. So No, nah, that's facts. <sighs> there are some things I wish didn't get left open. But, you know, it is what it is. We got some kind of closure. You're right. You're right. Um, and I feel like the things that got left open were things I could all live with. Like, would I have liked to see a wedding? Yes. Um, do I care <laughs> oh. about me? Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know what you were thinking about. Um, I, w- I was hoping for the other relationships. Like, you know, I mean, what's going to happen with Linda and Mitsuo and Chinami? It's implied that they have feelings. I think Chinami just does her own thing and... You know, 2D Coon. I wanted Coon, 2D Coon to find. I wanted 2D Coon, 2D Coon to find a good woman. That's what I wanted, cause he deserved it. Yeah. Like maybe Sayo or one of those other people from like the T group. Give him a random. <laughs> Big pimpin' in, in a T club. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> one good enough for him, honestly. Or Nana, like you know, just yo yo nerd otaku ass and and nana I, i'm here for it yes also shout out to nana being a call back to the actual nana um the series so i thought that was really dope they even look alike same vibe i was like okay i'm 100 percent here for this um but yeah so shout out to golden time it's it's definitely one of my favorites um, for a reason. I feel like it did everything really well in 24 episodes. We didn't have like three seasons. Nothing thing doesn't matter with three seasons. Shout out uh, Fruits Baskets. Shout out every other thing. Um, yeah, but it's just, you know, I'm just really here for, I'm really here for the one season 24 episode, like, what's the word? Not congealed, but condensed story that didn't even feel condensed can concise concise yeah thank you um so it's not like we're missing like the other things yeah the other relationships yeah sure but i am happy we got that closure between coco and our boy pondery i'm happy that linda at least confessed her feelings and we don't have to wonder for you know if they were there or not um yeah i'm happy 2d coon showed up as the mvp you know and i'm very happy that like you know, we got that development and that he got to get his old memories and his new memories, you know, and that he's still like the love definitely feels realistic. And that's what I like most about Golden Time. Every all the feelings feel realistic. They don't feel like too wonderlust or too like just out of nowhere. Everything feels really realistic. Yeah. And even the kind of crazy off the wall feelings get get tempered by experience and reality. Yeah. Holy shit, man. I am I am so tense. Even even just talking about this stuff, man. I love it. I really enjoyed my time with Golden Time. Um it's this is this is a challenging experience in in the same way for me as a lot of the other things 
that are, are challenging. But this isn't gory. This isn't extra violent. This is not, you know, mystical. This is just tense and and relationship drama and rooting for somebody and and going through the twists and turns of the rapids of life and love and hoping they just fucking talk but of course they won't because they're learning that that's important right now uh lord um uh, yeah it's a good time <laughs> yeah i again i love it um watch going time if you Listen to this whole thing and didn't watch Gun Time. Shame on you, but yeah, shout out Gun Time. Yeah, yeah, man, you just picking banger after banger during December, man. Thank you, King. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I've I've got to look at what the you know final few episodes are, but I'm looking forward to it. If Golden Time is telling me anything of what we're doing for December, ooh, <laughs> yeah, no, Mashoko Tensei gonna be another one, bro. That one's gonna hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've seen so far. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to chatting about that uh, but we'll get to it next week here on your typical shonen protagonist we're on all your podcatchers talk to spotify it's amazon podcast at your typical shonen protagonist or on twitter as well at your tsp that's u-r-t-s-p kai where can we get you yes you can find me at style dreads on twitter where i tweet about the anime stuff and all the cool things and yeah uh come and check it out and have a good time and of course, the other product at Content Breaker. For all your weeb and nerd needs, Western and Eastern animation, and general fun time at Content Breaker. We'll catch you next week for more. Your typical Shonen protagonist. Bye.